I'll start. <clears throat> and don't put this in like you always do. G'day everyone, welcome back to the This Movie Is podcast. My name is Emily and I'm here with my co-host Tommy across the seas in America. Yes, and today we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be doing an old film from 1993. And this is a film that neither Emily nor myself have ever seen before. It is Arnold Schwarzenegger's Last Action Hero. Which I didn't even know was a movie, which was surprising for me because I am a very big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, particularly, you know, the 80s to 2000s. You say Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger? I say Schwarzenegger. I think it's Schwarzenegger. How do you say it? Schwarzenegger, but I'm pretty sure I just said Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Sure, it's, it's the German S C H <laughs> vibe. Yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm a massive Arnie fan since I've been watching like assorted 90s movies with my dad when I was little. I remember being like eight or nine watching Total Recall and seeing some chick with three tits and being like, what? Wow, Total Recall is uh Yeah, that's a bit of a heck of a <laughs> for a young girl. So before we dive into this one, what was your favorite Arnie film leading up to this? Well, that's a bit of a hard question for me because there are so many that I love, but I think some honorable mentions will be Total Recall and then Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop is an underrated, I think. Oh, tell me about it. It's literally so good. And there's so many funny moments like when that kid's like, men have a penis. Yeah. Women have a penis. <laughs> He's like, thanks for the tip. Anyway, so those two, but... Overall, I would say that my favorite Arnie movie, like hands down, T2 Judgment Day. Sue me. Run, run the block and back again. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would have to agree with you on that one. Most would probably consider that his biggest, biggest and best. Yeah, so this film, Last Action Hero, was the first film he did after T2. Ah. So he was coming off of that T2 hype. Well, one thing I noticed in this movie, and I don't know if this was the first movie, I don't know, he kind of began to do this it's almost like he's slightly self-aware or at least the writers are in in that he's like a parody of himself and I know within this movie it's all about being a movie within a movie but I feel like as Arnie like got success and he became this kind of archetypal figure and actor I feel like he shows more of the Arnie traits in every movie he does versus the like character traits do you know what I mean well it's funny that you say that because this movie is a straight up intended to be a parody of action films so if you're noticing him being kind of like a parody of himself it's because that's what the intention of this film was but yeah Here's the funny thing. I feel like he's less of a parody in this film than he is in future serious roles. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's gotten to the point where he's almost like a pull string doll and it's just pull the string and he says his classic lines and he, he, I mean I'm sorry Arnold but every movie is we gotta get Asta La Vista in there we gotta get I'll Be Back in there you know what I mean and I love it though like don't fuck with perfection <laughs> some would say and that's one thing I have to give this movie credit for is despite the fact that it was a parody of the genre his character wasn't so much of a parody I felt like his character actually did have some emotional depth. A little. A little, which is more than he has in most movies these, these days. I would say of the last 20 years, however long it's been since he's kind of gotten on the uh, self-awareness train. But yeah. it was very surprising for me to see that in this movie. So I figured in this movie, it would be ramped up
up to 11. And it was actually not as bad as just a regular serious role for Marty these days. So that was interesting. I was like, oh, wow, I feel like he's actually acting in this movie. He's not just doing the Arnie shtick. Really? Yeah, yeah. I felt like it was just like Arnie all over. Yeah, I, I, that, that's the impression I got, at least. I, I felt like in this movie, he was actually still trying to be an actor. Yeah. So this film was written by Zach Penn and Adam Leff. Zach Penn has actually gone on to write a bunch of quite well-known films. He's done a lot of comic book films, actually. He did the story for X2. I think he did the story for the Avengers. He's done a bunch of comic book movies. This other guy, Adam Leff, I, I don't think he's really gone on to do a whole much of anything. But the two of these guys wrote this film and then it ended up getting absorbed into the Hollywood machine and this film got passed around to be rewritten by I mean, countless other writers. Everybody was rewriting this script and putting their own yeah. ideas into this script. And if it feels at all like it's a little bit on even maybe that's probably why because there were so many hands in this thing as far as the writing was concerned yeah and by the time it did finally get made it only had a 10 month filming time yeah well that's one thing the director john mctiernan and i'll talk a little bit about him in a minute but yeah one thing he criticized was how this film basically went straight from camera to theaters they had a very 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 short editing window basically just enough to just put the film together and i i feel like that's definitely something i notice with the film is i feel like i feel like it could have been a lot shorter of a film so perhaps they didn't have the time to say is this scene necessary is this integral to like the plot's arc because yeah they finished shooting only three weeks before the release date which is insane this film i'm pretty sure it clocked in at over two hours two hours 10 minutes two hours 11 which minutes. is bloody long it was long it was long and that's the biggest complaint i have about this film is that it felt way too long and specifically i would say in the first act just getting to the world, getting to the yeah. movie world dragged way too much. Yeah, agreed. Like maybe half an hour? It felt like it took ages just to get into the Jack Slater universe. Which I can understand not always rushing into something straight away. So you have time to, you know, set up characters' backstories and all that stuff. But considering they set the normal world up and they set this kid Danny up enough with like, you know, he's skipping school, he's a, you know, he's got his mum and whatever. I feel like they didn't really delve that much into Danny's sort of personality anywhere else throughout the movie. So Mm. really that first half an hour of backstory and whatever could definitely be cut to honestly like 10 minutes, I reckon. Yeah, I would agree. And I think this film could benefit so much from going in and doing like a director's cut. Like if John McTiernan just said, I want to do a fucking director's cut of Last Action Hero. Oh, that would be really good. I think he can make a great... And so John McTiernan, for anybody who doesn't know, is the guy that directed Die Hard... Die Hard with a Vengeance, the two best Die Hard movies. He also did Predator. So this is a guy that's done some really great action films. He's had a bit of a checkered past, though. He was in prison for a little while. Oh. Yeah. He doesn't have a huge filmography, but just Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance alone, for me, like, this guy is the shit. So... Was this one of his last films, or did he keep keep it going up? 
No, he made some films into, I want to say, mid-2000s. True. Well, yeah, as I was researching about this movie, I saw that he called the film the worst film, sorry, the worst time I've ever had in this business. And he mentioned that there were enormous sequences in the film that are literally how it came out of my camera. We cut the heads and tails off and that's the sequence. It wasn't edited at all because they literally just didn't have the time to fine-tune anything. And I guess it shows... Like, I don't, I didn't have major issues with the movie, but it definitely felt a bit extended and messy. Like, that was like the extended cut. I wouldn't even say extended cut. I would say it was the assembly cut. It was, yeah. they put it together and they didn't have a chance to go through it a second time and start trimming shit down. Yeah, and it's a shame because I think there was a lot of good in this film. All right, so again, let's backtrack a little bit. I was a child of the 80s and the 90s, and this was right in my wheelhouse of the kind of film that I would have loved back in the day. So why did I never see this movie until now? It was because this movie got such abysmal press. I mean, before this movie even got released, the press was already like, this movie is awful, don't see it. I think that came from, they did a test screening, and word just got around after the test screening that it was not good. Wow. So yeah, the film just had terrible, terrible word of mouth, terrible press, and I'm somebody who, I guess at the time, let myself be influenced by that. Even though I had some of the movie channels growing up, I never tuned into it. I never said, oh, last action hero. I was always kind of just like, ah, skip over that, what else is on or uh you know when i was going to the video store on a friday night looking for a new movie to watch i, I would always uh grab something else i was ne- i never even felt tempted to pick up last action hero because the hmm. the word of mouth on it was it's interesting that you remember how bad the word of yeah. mouth was even when you were like young yeah it was bad it was bad i mean it was a well-known massive bomb back in the day in some ways, I'm like, that sucks. Like, I, I, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot had I watched it back then for all the good it does. But at the same time, it's kind of nice going back now and getting to see an old movie for the first time, like an old Arnold movie, like in his prime for the first time. And I guess it's cool to see, I'm sure other films have done this, but it's cool to see a movie parodying itself so early on. Like, well, par- parodying its, its genre. Mm. Well, the one thing about it that was interesting Interesting was it was a parody, but I, I felt like it wasn't like a goofy, like pants on head, stupid parody. Like for instance, the guy that got to direct it was the guy that did Die Hard. You know what I mean? So they they weren't just going for a silly director; they were going for an actual real action director. You know? Yeah. The person they got to do the score for the movie was Michael Kamen, who did all the Lethal Weapon movies and the first three Die Hard movies. I mean, he's a great, you know, great legendary film composer. So I mean, they weren't making this as a silly slapstick, not like one of those, uh, not. Another teen movie, a scary movie. Right, but those are like the really extreme parodies, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, agreed. So a couple of things I saw when I was reading about this movie is that people were saying, obviously it's due to like the shit editing and all that, but it couldn't really make its mind up whether it was a serious action movie that was meant to be heartfelt Mm. or like a full parody. Like yeah. it, it had glimpses of both and perhaps it wasn't, you know, regimented enough with deciding mm. what it was going to be like. That probably comes from, like I said, having so many different writers on it. If it felt like it was kind of disconjointed or uneven, that's probably wise because everybody put their own ideas and their own takes into it. And it, it ended up as a big melting pot of fucking of shit. But 
I think where the movie really hit its stride and became what I felt the best it was, was when Arnold came into the real world. I felt like that's when the movie really got interesting and good. I don't know about you. How did you feel? Um, I kind of forgot that part. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, I didn't. Can you just... I remember, like, he came in and... Things weren't happening like they were. Like, mm. uh, I feel like something happened and Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, what? Why did that? Like, there was consequences to shit more? Well, like, yeah, like, I think he tried to punch out a window for a car or something. Yeah, that's it. it. That, yeah, he's like, my hand is really hurting. Yeah. It's like, it. Well, yeah, so, so what happens in the film is the villain, Benedict, played by Charles Dance, who I think was great in this. And can I just take a moment? You don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't. But he, that act, what's his name? Charles Dance. Dance. Mm -hmm. So Charles Dance is in Game of Thrones and he is the the head of like the Lannisters, which Mm -hmm. shall mean nothing to you. But yeah, love him. Yeah. Dude. I didn't even recognize him this young. I thought that he looked slightly familiar, the actor, but not till I researched it after. I was like, oh my God, it's literally that guy from Game of Thrones. Yeah, like you said, I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I don't know him from that, but I know him from other stuff he's done. He's good. And yeah, he's always good in everything I've ever seen him in. You have to watch Game of Thrones. You have to watch it. Mm-hmm. You, you will love it. I'm telling you. It's not like fantasy. It's like everything. Yeah. It's honestly, so good like you won't regret watching it anyway let's move on anyway yeah so charles dance comes into the real world and then arnold and the kid danny they follow him back into the real world his plot is he's going to kill the real arnold schwarzenegger and then you remember any of this Uh, kind of kind of not yeah well there's a big movie premiere for the new jack slater movie and so like all these hollywood celebrities are there including you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger as himself, his real life wife at the time. Yeah, so apparently most of the film celebrity cameos were the result of Schwarzenegger calling in favors. So mm. all these actors that were in there, like there was the T one thousand guy. Yep. Um Sharon Stone was in yeah. it. So yeah, there was definitely a few. Yeah. So there were cameos like that, for instance, where uh Robert Patrick and Sharon Stone, I think they were both coming out of the police station. And then you had other cameos that were of the movie premiere where you had these actors playing their real life selves. Yeah. And then you had shit like Danny DeVito voicing a cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of my favorite parts, or I guess it was kind of a running joke, well, when they went into the video store and Sylvester Stallone was the Terminator, yeah. that was funny. And fuck, what else was it? When he was saying, wait, did Arnold Schwarzenegger start to say like, I'll be back? And the kid was like, you always say that or something. Yeah, yeah, there's something like that. You know, I like the other thing about where he's trying to convince Arnold that he's in a movie and he's trying to tell him about the phone numbers. He's like, well, everything starts with 555. And Arnold's like, yeah, there's area codes. And then he like tried to get him to say a swear word. He's like, well, you can't say this word because it's a PG-13 movie. And uh, I thought like some of that stuff was really clever. Clever. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely had its good moments. It's self-aware. It was just... A bit of a clusterfuck. Yeah, it's a shame because I really do think there was enough good in there that if they had the time to have given it a real good edit, they could have probably had something pretty solid that wouldn't have gotten destroyed by critics and gotten such the negative... uh, Like you said, taking close to a half hour just to get into the movie world, I'm sorry, but (laughs) that didn't work. Yeah, And that that probably lost a lot of people. I love that opening scene 
scene though with Arnold in his movie. Yeah, the opening scene was awesome. That's what made me like keen when I first started watching it because it was basically just Arnold Schwarzenegger in playing himself in a movie. And that was the other thing though, I have to say is after the opening scene and also after some of the other scenes with him as the Jack Slater character, it made me kind of feel like, I wish this was just a Jack Slater movie. <laughs> I wish it was yeah, just- like just like that over the top throughout. Yeah. That would have been fun. Yeah, yeah. But I think there were some interesting aspects to the movie world and, and whatnot. Like for instance, just the notion of Benedict wants to kill Jack Slater, so he's like, well, I'll kill Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and that added an interesting dynamic. Like, whoa, what would happen if he killed Arnold Schwarzenegger? You know what yeah. I mean? And then you had Ian McKellen coming out as the Grim Reaper at the end. Yeah, death. As death from uh, the Seventh Seal. I was confused at that whole thing because I was like, wait a minute. He, like, he has his death powers. When he comes out of his movie, he kills that guy. Yeah. And so he has his powers of death in the real world, but Arnold didn't have any of his special strength and resilience. But I guess that stuff was more abstract, being able to punch out a window, I guess, versus having actual supernatural powers and shit. But but still, that's something that could be have been interesting to explore in a sequel or something where you bring the fictional characters into the real world, but they retain their special powers from the fictional world and what kind of chaos would ensue. Yeah. Yeah, this movie I feel like was just a victim of not being able to, I guess, harness all its potential. And look, at the end of the day, I actually... I enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, it dragged a little bit. Cool. But, I mean, I thought it was a fun... I feel like you can't... You can't hate it that much, especially when, you know, the movie's not that deep. Yeah. It is still just, you know, generally like an explosive 90s action movie. So I guess if the reason people were going to see it was to see Arnold Schwarzenegger and to see, you know, action and explosions and shit, it's not that bad. Yeah. But as a craft-perfect cinema, it's not that great. Yeah, and it is interesting to see some of the difference in ratings here, though, because on IMDb, this film has a 6.4, which isn't terrible. Yeah. But on Rotten Tomatoes, it's 38%. And the audience score is even only 47%. So, yeah, it's it's interesting that those scores are so much lower than the IMDb score, which isn't that bad. And maybe is that because people are expressing some fondness for it now in retrospect that they're going back and they're like, you know what, this movie isn't that bad. Yeah, I think maybe because when I was researching it on Reddit, mm-hmm. there was multiple threads of people being like, the last action hero is so underrated and just so many posts like that. So yeah. maybe it's something that in retrospect people are like, hey, this is a 90s Arnie action movie gold, even if it perhaps it didn't go so well at the time. And a lot of that is just bad timing also because this movie came out the week after Jurassic Park and they were fucked. <laughs> so yeah. Arnold even said that he tried to get them to move the release date so that it would be, say, I think he wanted to move it like a month so that it was a month after Jurassic Park because he didn't want to get caught in that fucking that whirlwind. But the studio was just like, we can't do that. Like we have all our marketing and everything. We'll lose precious summer months on screens. Yeah. And for them, they were like, we have to roll the dice on this one. And I guess in retrospect, they probably look back on it and say, maybe we should have moved that release date. 
<laughs> because that certainly didn't help having to follow such a big movie. And when a massive big budget Arnold Schwarzenegger movie opens number two at the box office, you know you've done something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so that's definitely, they were a victim of bad release schedule. Yeah, I'd be interested to see talking to the cast and crew now whether ultimately they say they regret doing the movie or you know it is what it is because surely like Arnold Schwarzenegger was already a huge star and that wouldn't have hindered him that much because I guess it's not his fault if the movie shit like well he was a he was a producer on the film so he does bear some responsibility but yeah but I feel like it's not I would assume it it was like he was solidified enough as like an iconic presence in Hollywood that one movie that wasn't well received i feel like his image was already kind of bulletproof by that point well yeah i mean arnold himself was fine but i guess the other people in the film are the ones you would look at and say well how are they what do you think of the kid um kid actors in general tend to annoy me a lot I would say maybe 90% of the time, if there's like a kid protagonist or even like a main character who's a kid in a movie, they annoy the ever-living piss out of me. And this yeah. one, eh, he was kind of- he, a- he, he had such a like a 90s kid, like child star face, like that goofy smile. I guess I would say the aspiration to be would be a uh, Edward Furlong in T2. Like he was a good kid. Oh. So good. Actor slash character. This kid wasn't quite on that level. He was annoying, but he wasn't like so annoying that I wanted to turn it off. Like he was a he was a little annoying at times. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> like I guess one thing that just annoyed me about him was that he didn't take advantage of the movie world he was in. There was one scene where he couldn't shoot somebody. And like, if I'm in this fucking crazy Jack Slater movie world, I'm fucking shooting motherfuckers. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. I'm going along. I'm going along for the ride, but he was all conflicted in the moment. He like couldn't shoot the bad guy. I'm like, just shoot I him. Mean, to be fair, he's like 12 or 11. It doesn't matter. When I was 12, I would have been all in. I would have. That's been... what you think. No, I would have been all in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that annoyed me a little bit but he was fine i guess like i said it probably didn't help that so much of the early film was devoted to him without arnold in it so i agree that didn't help i feel like if you basically let's put it this way if the movie didn't have arnold schwarzenegger in it it i feel like it doesn't have any redeeming qualities um statement if the movie didn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger in it I don't even think it would have been watchable without Arnold in it uh would it have been watchable without Arnold well I mean I guess it depends ultimately following that like messy plot all these scenes all this long stuff I feel like you wouldn't form a bond with the main character they would have needed someone comparable to Arnold they would have needed but who though I just don't know who I mean someone that can can, yeah I get Sylvester Stallone but I feel like he wouldn't have been as funny as Arnold well that's something yes in general Stallone doesn't really have the comedy under his belt like Arnold does Arnold does much better with the comedic yeah and like you you would laugh if Stallone was in it saying funny things if you already just because you knew Stallone was such like an icon but Mm. in general I don't think he could have done it like Arnold and if not him then who? I guess Arnold ultimately is such an over-the-top persona that he really does lend himself to a movie like this. Totally I'm obsessed with him. But I, I wouldn't go as far as to say this movie wouldn't have any other redeeming qualities because it was directed by a great action director it had a great soundtrack I mean the soundtrack holy shit talk about like a who's who of yes. 90s rock music 
like ACDC, Megadeth, fucking Aerosmith, Death Leopard, like Anthrax. It had so many iconic rock bands. Yeah, and actually ACDC recorded a song specifically for this movie. And then in addition to that, you had Michael Kamen doing the score, which like I said, he did great legendary action films and other great films. Like he did the score for the original X-Men. So, I mean, I feel like they had a lot of good pieces in place that without Arnold, would it have been as good? good probably not but it depends if they had the right guy like i don't know maybe bruce willis he's maybe better with I comedy was thinking bruce willis but mm, yeah um also i just remembered something too late to add it in now but another arnie movie is predator yeah. that would be below terminator but above kindergarten cop which like i said was directed by the same guy as yeah. last action hero so that's what i'm yeah. saying it's like they 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 had uh they had a lot going for them you know and uh it's it's just a shame that they didn't have the ability to edit more and have a more polished version of it. Maybe where the film did go a little bit too far was it did seem like some of the parody elements were really maybe a little bit too much. Like, for instance, the Danny DeVito cat. Maybe that was a little bit too much because it's like being a parody of action films. But what action film has an animated? No, well, they were just saying they're in the movie world. They kept saying we're in the movie world. But it wasn't the movie world. It was that specific movie world. It was the movie world of the Jack Slater movie. Like, it wasn't just a, a world of all movies. It was that specific movie. Like, if it was a really? world... Really? Yeah, if it was a world of all movies, then yeah, absolutely. You can have crazy shit like that. But for being in the world of the Jack Slater movie, it's like, so you're telling me in the Jack Slater universe, there's just, like, a fucking random, like, animated cat? I didn't pick that up from it. I sort of felt like it was, you, you're in the movie world. Yeah. In general but yeah so maybe stuff like that but i'll tell you something i also did like though was they had where all the women were like these models and shit like really hot yes that was a really funny moment where they're walking out he's like look she's beautiful do you see anyone unattractive here and he's like no but that's like normal for him but the sad thing for me about that is i feel like that's not hollywood anymore <laughs> like there used to be a case where there were just like so many gratuitous hot people in movies and now i feel like there's not <laughs> i care i feel like in today's era of films you do not see sexy women anymore just at all ever like i feel like in the 90s and the 80s you always had these like femme fatale sexy ladies and now it's like i mean the only two i can think of in like recent movies in recent years was who we talked about in our last podcast was eva green who's always playing sexy characters and um and amber heard is often playing sexy characters and like those are two well i guess in general like because we're coming into an era where it's like women aren't aren't only meant to be eye candy and i know that the femi fatale was both but like you can't have every like femi fatale bitch being like super like hot or you can't have every hot chick being a femi fatale so if they're not going to be a femi fatale and they're just like kind of hot for no reason i guess it's just kind of you know cementing the fact that like women aren't total objects i just miss having sexy women in movies that's all that's all i'm sure you could find a lot if you looked but yeah i guess it's well but you know what it's also how we're saying less of movies these days are having like a specific love interest that's like you know gl- like glorified up for the whole movie i don't even think like, that's the case though because they because those there are those characters but i feel like the just the casting for those characters they're casting people like jennifer lawrence who have zero sex appeal whatsoever so yeah 
Yeah, interesting. Who knows? Where are the Eva Greens of the world? <laughs> Where? Why? We'll bring more of these women into Hollywood so we can get some... I wonder what it would be like in foreign film, if it's just what the difference, like, if there's much of a difference. Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe it's just westernized media becoming really antsy about, like, that. I feel like what it boils down to is sex used to sell that was what it was like it sold it sold movie tickets so they had sex yeah. on movies and then i feel like somewhere along the way hollywood got the notion that women don't like it but a lot of women don't like it though and like this kind of thing about women continuously being objectified and sexualized this whole i know it movies are movies but this whole atmosphere and environment is what contributes to like the constant sexualization of women all the time it's not as simple as that but like it's all related absolutely intrinsically related so i guess they're just trying to say women aren't all and i know you're like it's a movie it's this but movies like are influential and they do create like a standardized norm of like what women are what women are for you would see it a lot with men though you constantly have men in movies that yeah, are jacked in aren't the ones that are dealing with like the negative impacts of being sexualized like women are and do i'm just saying i feel like women in this day and age are getting plenty of eye candy with male actors and i feel like men we're not really getting eye candy anymore with women and that's why i feel like a lot of guys are just watching porn and they're not even watching movies anymore because there's just nothing that's fine nothing wrong with that it is because some of us don't want to watch porn some of us want a hollywood grade film with hollywood production values but also sexy women you know Mm, true all i can say is i'm grateful we at least have eva for a few more years yeah yeah i know a few more years i reckon a lot more years i reckon she'll be like looking good with like white hair i hope so but i have to she's looks good she 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 is an attractive woman certainly for her age but and when she was young she did heaps of topless shit she's got fucking baps for days oh believe me i know yeah Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed our review, discussion, and analysis on The Last Action Hero starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Which is actually, Um, by the way, just Last Action Hero. Emily couldn't find the movie on Netflix because she was putting the in the title. Oh, yes. Very smart over here. But next episode, we feel like we've been a little bit inspired by discussing the concept of characters and movie worlds and crossovers. So next episode, we're going to ask you guys about what movie worlds interest you. What movie world would you like to go into? And what movie world would you perhaps not like to go into? And also, which character from a film would you like to bring into the real world and maybe exploit in some way? If you have any ideas and would like your thoughts to be featured on our next episode please leave a comment on instagram i'm going to put up a post asking for input about what movie worlds and movie characters you would like to interact with and we'll read off some of the more interesting ones and give our own input thanks for listening guys laters